And welcome into Poke the Bear episode 155. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. Connor, what's up? Evan, I'm doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. I want to give a little preface to this episode. This is being pre-recorded on Tuesday, July 11th. And I say that because there's Bruins news we're waiting on at some point this summer. And you and I are away on Thursday when you're or Friday when you're listening to this. So we're not, I'm in Chicago, we're going to Windy City Smokeout, pretty excited, eat some good food, listen to some good country music, the Red Sox play the Cubs, going to that, that should be fun. I know you're going to where, Arizona and Colorado, you said? Arizona and New Mexico. So New Mexico. A little, to- little toasty, but it uh, should be a good time. But yes, uh, with us on vacation, if any Bruins news does happen, you're welcome. We're we happy to accelerate the off-season timeline for you guys. So we're we- here for that's what we're here for. You're going to go to New Mexico and be the next Walter White, you told me. So, um, yes, I would, I would hope not. He <laughs> literally sort of dies, but ideally not. But what? I'll, I'll Connor, shut you. up. I'm when I'm, I just started season four of that show. I don't want to hear what happens to Walter. What are you at the talking end. about? No, what are you, are you serious? <laughs> yes. I am. Listen, I, I, I just you're... finished season three and I'm on to season four. This is ridiculous. Year, I was going to watch it on the plane to Chicago. It's the year of our Lord, 2023, Evan. If you don't know how that, that show ends by now, I don't know what to tell you, but now I feel like, feel like a big doofus. You're but a I'm doofus. Sorry. I don't need to, I, you watch shows whenever you want to watch them. You just spoiled it for me. This is incredible. Everyone uh, knows how every popular show ends though. Now, like it, it, everyone knows how like succession ends. You probably haven't seen one episode. Of, everyone knows how shows end now. There's too much in the social media sphere to know these things. So I don't feel bad, Evan. It's 2023, <laughs> but I feel slightly bad. See, I, I, I'm, I don't know how Breaking Bad ends. I don't know how The Sopranos ends because I know I'm going to watch those shows. I don't know. I want to know how they end. I'm late. I'm late to everything. I've never watched Game of Thrones. I'll watch it at some point. Breaking Bad was sort of a similar thing, but I'm going to pretend I never heard that. Boom, gone. You never said anything. Maybe, I don't know maybe, what you maybe said. Maybe I'm just joking. Maybe I'm just joking. Just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Uh, quite a moment there. Um, I do want to give one recommendation. Uh, it's a movie out now. Uh, this is a movie I saw Monday night. Uh, no Hard Feelings with Jennifer Lawrence and uh, I forget the other. Oh, he's a really good actor. I forget his name. Uh, like a cross between Superbad and Goodwill Hunting. It was a really good movie. I, I, it was funny. It was entertaining. It was just, it had everything. So I, uh, there you go. I enjoyed movie it. Critic it Evan. Highly you recommend tic- it. You have the tickets, by the way, from when we see Bobby and Oppenheimer, the double feature, right? Yes, of course. Okay, I'm already cool. I'm already on that. Barbie to make sure. Oppenheimer. Um excited for both of those. Talk about a swing in movies. Different different what a time. What a yeah. time. Ooh. Um, by the way, I loved it at the movie theater, the concessions. I think a junior mints, uh Diet Coke and a water was more than seventy eight dollars. Oh yeah. So yeah. that was cool. That was fun. Um, anyways, before we came on, before you spoiled breaking bad for me, um, the Bruins did drop a little bit of news. Bruins signed Mark McLaughlin to a one-year two-way deal, uh, 775000 uh, $775, per year, uh, or just for the one year. Um, not anything surprising. Um, I think I expect McLaughlin to fight for a fourth-line spot. We'll get to someone else who will fight for a fourth-line spot. But any, do you have any hot takes for this? Anything that's striking you? Uh, probably not a hot take, but yeah, in terms of where his role could be, it's a guy that I think you – you like his chances to make some noise going to training camp. I mean, it shows you how 
long a season going to be that it feels like it was ages ago, but it's just back in, you know, early October when Martin McLaughlin was kind of like the last cut at training camp. That was the biggest controversy going. He was Ralph Cox. He was Ralph Cox. Because he had a really, really good preseason. And it was a guy that you thought was going to uh, fight for one of those spots. Even I think people probably thought that he should be in there over a guy like Lauko. And again, Lauko then really proved his worth whenever he did get called up. Um, But if a guy like McLaughlin, who's already a bit of a seasoned player, um, good shot, a uh, solid two-way guy. Um, if he can make that next jump, there's going to be opportunities for him. So again, you, we can look at how many different guys that can compete for some of that fourth line spot. There's no shortage of internal guys, guys in Providence, what have you. But you like what I think, you know, McLaughlin, that overall skill set and how kind of refined his game already is. He should make a pretty good push. He's a guy I think is definitely right in that mix in terms of one of those vacancies, either at 4C for, uh, you know, the, the right wing spot, what have you. Like, you have to like his chance to at least make a, a pretty sustained push once preseason ramps up. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. Um, again, I, and I think McLaughlin's steady. Like, I don't think that there's, you know, there's not the upside of over 30 points, but you know what you're getting with him. You know, he's just going to be a solid uh, fourth-line player who does the little things right and can contribute offensively here and there, responsible in his own end. Um, so he's someone that I think uh, at some point is going to take a spot on that fourth line and very well should. Um, But I want to talk somewhere higher in the lineup. Second line left wing. We've discussed this a little bit. Uh, Everyone has a different opinion on it. Um, If the lines hold from last year, Martian, Bergeron, uh, DeBrusque, uh, X, Zaka, Pasternak, uh, who takes the X spot on that second line? Who would be your pick as of right now? I think probably as of right now, you're probably looking at a guy like James Van Riemsdyk, Um, and that's one that I actually don't don't dislike the signing of Jim of Van Riemsdyk. And again, he signed for a one year million dollars, so I don't know if you can really be like I hate this anyway because with the prices involved, um, he's still a guy that even if he's just kind of your net front guy in the power play, I think can be productive on this team. He gives you. I think we mentioned this during Bruins beat. If Nick Ritchie can give you almost twenty goals being just kind of a net front guy, like James Van Riemsdyk, even at uh, his age, I think he's probably a better player than, than Nick Ritchie. Um, so there's a lot to like there. It's just whether or not he best fits at five on five, even strength on that uh, second line spot that you have to imagine with Zaka and Pasternak is going to be uh, very, you know, a lot of ozone starts, uh, a lot of probably pace they want to play with. So we'll see how exactly Gallic Van Rooms like fits into that mix, but um, he's probably the early favorite in that regard. Again, I think it's probably, your, your line's looking a little bit better. It's kind of like with someone like Charlie Coyle, right? Where if he's your three C, that's great. If you push him a little bit higher up, you're like, he can do the job, but is that where he's best utilized? Like, ideally, it's like, you know, Van Riemsdyk, Coyle, and like Geeky or something like that as your third line. And then you have something you can, it's a big line, you know, that can, has some higher upside. Um, but for another guy to step into that spot, you're either looking at a situation where, you know, is a guy like Jerzy Merkulov making a really sustained push? And he's a guy that, as an offensively gifted young player, can land in that top six spot. Could be something, too, where it's um, someone at right wing makes a, a push and it bumps, like, DeBrus back to left wing on the second line. Like, it could be, I don't know, if, if Fabian Lysel, uh fights for a spot and he starts the year on the top line, the right wing, or what have you. Like, I, I think it's looking more like, if anyone's going to bump in Reeves, I think it's going to be a, a shift due to younger players making a sustained push. Now, again, you would think that if it's someone who is offensively gifted, like a Lysela Merkulov, 
still don't want to just throw him into the fire and like the top line, what have you. But again, uh, if you could make two different arguments, we'd rather let them start off on the third line and work their way in, or would you rather kind of give them a lift early on? I think Andrews Bjork, when he started playing, started with Martian and Bergeron. I think that was he kind did. of what this is. So maybe that's a bet if Bergeron's back and it's Martian Bergeron, Lysel or some other player like that, maybe that's a good way to get a guy kind of going, getting confident at the next level. So I think right now it's Van Riemsdyk. And again, I, I think he can be solid into what his role is, but um be interesting to see if a younger player can kind of make that push and, and shift a little bit further down the lineup. But time will tell of how they look in the preseason. But I like the idea of Martian Bergeron Lysel if he's ready, right? And I think yeah. those are two guys you'd like if you had had any two guys on the roster mentor uh, Fabian Lysel, it's those two. And I think that's a good way to go. Um, but I don't think they'll start the year out like that. Maybe they do, but I, you know, I think realistically uh, as where things stand now, it's Van Riemsdyk. And, you know, I think his, the numbers have decreased a little bit. I know he's on kind of a bad Philly team. Um, he's obviously older, but I think he's a guy that somewhat stable, you know, you know, there's going to be some production, at least in the net front, um, you know, I, I would imagine playing with Zaka and Pasternak, you're getting some of that residual, those residual points, some secondary assists, you know, a tap in net front goal, things like that. Um, you know, the question is, can you produce for uh, those two guys? The other thing I think easily could happen. Let's say that doesn't work out or they want to go a different direction. The obvious other direction is you go Marshan Bergeron, Pasternak, uh, and then you'd have, you know, DeBrusque, Zaka and maybe like coil right and then you have geeky be your second line or your third line center and you kind of work from there again they're not going to be as deep as they were last year I, I think that's the one thing like we talked about last year's team it was there were a lot of luxuries Taylor Hall in the third line um you know uh Zaka being a, a, a second and third line like lots of options there you don't have that this year but again as you said younger guy like Lysel pushes or Merkulov which I'm fascinated to see it camp yeah. uh to see like where the progress is there um if he's ready for that jump to to the pro level um but i mean again they're not as deep but if you can get something out of those guys uh you know i think you're you're cooking someone else from the free agent class uh patrick brown we have not really discussed at all uh kind of a a guy through his career who's gone between the uh, the AHL and the NHL. I believe he's a BC product, so he went to Chestnut he Hill is. College. So good for him. Uh, we love Chestnut Hill College. You've always said that. Um, now, no disrespect. I, I like BC. I like BC. Um, I know you do not. Uh, <laughs> and that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, question is, though, could he fight for a roster spot on that fourth line? Yeah, I mean, he could. He's very much in that mix, and I think you look at him as kind of that, that safeguard if some of these younger players aren't aren't ready. You know, whether it's McLaughlin or Steen or Lauko or or what have you. If you're looking for just a dependable guy, that again, he's kind of bounced between the AHL and NHL. But I think you kind of look at where his value is. He kind of like uh, it kind of reminds a little bit of like a guy like Wagner, uh, better at faceoffs. Like he, I think he's over you know well over 50 percent for his career i think he had a really really strong season um he was 53 53.8 percent face-offs uh this past year in 43 games with philly so and again he's not like a standout guy but 12 points in 61 games he during the season he had over 160 hits like he wins face-offs he can contribute and give you 15 points uh win a lot of hits like you know fills that kind of dependable role um 
he at least gives you added insurance, right? So again, you might have a higher upside if it's someone like a, a Beecher or a McLaughlin or, or what have you, but it, it takes some more time for those guys to develop. And I think he's especially good at a guy like Beecher, right? That, you know, maybe he's just not ready for that, that jump out of camp or what have you. A guy like Patrick Brown, you can go, you can do a lot worse, right? Like there's, he's a, still a solid pro for what he brings, has physicality, um, really responsible in his own end, which again, if you're looking for a fourth line and it's, it's going to be very interesting to see how they, they cater this fourth line around because we know kind of how they like to set their fourth line under Cassidy. And it was more or less the same thing with Montgomery where a lot of D zone starts, a lot of being kind of fed to the wolves, unfortunately, if it opens up more ozone time for lines like uh Bergeron and Krejci. Uh again, we'll see how that kind of changes this year, but yeah, um, yeah. But, but, you know, with a guy like Brown, who's, you know, kind of cut from that same cloth in terms of being a defense first guy, as you add in someone like a, um, like a Lucic and we're going to see how much more he has to give defensively and what have you. Um, there is something where having someone like Brown who is solid in that role, good insurance. Right. And again, we'll see kind of how it all maps out during training camp. Like again, as much as I think you'd hope for these younger players to, uh, to make that big jump, it's not realistic to expect all of them just to hit right out of training camp. So I mean, guy like Brown, I think was a, Solid investment for what it is, $800,000 a year. Yeah, I, I have no problem with this. And the other thing is he's been a captain at the AHL level, I believe. Um, so again, that you know adds a little character, maybe help out some of those younger guys. If he does go down to Providence, that's kind of a good mentor uh, for some of those guys. So I don't mind it. I, I, again, like, and I, I agree with you. I think that, you know, there's a spot to be had. The fourth line, you know, there's a lot of candidates. It's kind of like, you know, when, um, when uh, one party holds the presidency, and then, you know, the, you know, when they hit the four year mark and they're running for reelection, the other party runs, you know, they have like 19 candidates running for president. It's kind of like the fourth line right now. You have a lot of candidates there uh, that, that are kind of vying for those spots. And my guess is, Connor, hot take coming, hot take. It's going to switch around a lot this year. It's not going to be the yeah. same fourth line throughout. And and that's typically how it goes. Um, and as you said, you do want defensively responsible people back there. You want uh, reliable uh, people on that fourth line at times. So uh, Patrick Brown sort of fits that fits that bill. He's also 6'1". So got some size. Got some size. Never a bad thing. He said, likes to throw around his body, get some big hits, all that stuff. Uh, speaking of big hits and throwing around the body, Trent Frederick. He's got to be pretty pumped. Brandon Lemieux signs in Carolina. See, Frederick's like, yes. You know, I guess still, still in the conference. Can't escape Trent Frederick. Can never do I, it. I had a. I think we both had very similar tweets after the news came out of, of Frederick, and I think a lot of people were confused because I did the. I think you should leave like Will Forte when he's <laughs> looking at behind the plane. I think people thought that I meant that as if like Frederick was looking at how much money uh, uh, Mil is getting. It's going to be comparable. No, I'm saying that Frederick is now excited that he can fight Brendan Lemieux, which he will at some point this season. Yes. So he's going to get more than eight hundred thousand dollars, Frederick. It's just where exactly that falls in line. Needs to be seen. I thought you were going to say people thought you meant that uh, you thought Trent Frederick was going to start going bald because isn't that guy bald from I think you should leave? So it's like, oh, yes. And Trent Frederick's going to be bald this year. Uh, the, the the hair's going to be gone. Uh, no, such a thing. not that, not that. No. Um, But Frederick's interesting because he's a guy I think that, you know, as things shift on the third line, I think he's a guy that should be looked at to be a steady presence on that third line. Now, I think you have too many guys like Geeky, Coyle, um, you know, even younger guys like Beecher, Brown, uh, you know, there's others as well, McLaughlin, you could even throw into that mix, uh, that are centers. I don't think you need Frederick to be 
a center, obviously, unless there's injuries or things like that. So if he is staying on that left wing, um, you know, last year, again, career high in goals in 17, career high in points in 31. If you can stay around that, if he can just sort of hover around that, which again, that's asking a lot. That was, you know, it's a career high year, but he is young. He is, you know, ascending up. Can he beat the career high in goals? Can he beat the career high in points? I think if you can somehow get him to be around that and be a valuable contributor on that third line, you know, I think that's that's what you like to see, right? Yeah, I mean, it's such an interesting case for Frederick in terms of what his, you know, how you kind of project out this current season. Because I think you look at this, the, the baseline stats, and if he can consistently give you 15, 20 goals and be like this physical player that, um, can add that value. It's really important to have that in your bottom six, right? It's just whether or not he can sustain that or even build off of it. Because again, you look at just how you know solid he was last year, 17 goals, and finally I think found his identity under Jim Montgomery. But then you get to the playoffs and he's still kind of bumped out of a few games and wasn't able to find his footing. Like it, it's really to see how they kind of view him as a player, um, whether it's he can develop into more of a PK role? Can he earn a spot like on the power play down the line? Like how else can he because solid like five on five contributor last year. It's just whether or not he can kind of continue to keep that rolling. It's he's so tough to map out in terms of just where he fits into the team long term. I'm just saying that he doesn't fit. It's just what can you expect from can he be like your third line stalwart for the next five years? You look at how he played last year, gives you confidence. He adds that dynamic along with a skill set with physical play that you really value, um, especially in today's NHL. It's just, is that just a surge last year of just things going right? Or is it uh, just, you know, the start of many more impressive seasons? Because if you can give you 20 goals as a physical winger, a lot of teams would love to have that in their bottom you Take six. that. Yeah. So it, it's very really interesting just how, one, what his, what his final contract ends up being as to what his ultimate value is. But, also does what can you expect moving forward? Because, you know, I think you looked at like, let's say Jake DeBrusque, right, who almost hit 30 goals before, really caught fire with the Bergeron line uh, during Cassidy's last season. Going into this year, you expected, all right, he's going to be with Bergeron and Marchand again, stays healthy. We've seen what he can do. We can expect 25, 30 goals, which is what, we, which is what happened. He would have hit over 30 if he didn't get hurt. With Frederick now, you know, if you let's say – you pencil him in on at left wing on the third line. Are you like fully confident that he's going to have like another 17 goal season? Like you're still trying to see what exactly you have in a play like that. And it's not to say that, you know, you're doubting that he can continue going forward. It's just, you haven't had that body of work uh, to see what kind of player he exactly is offensively. So he's really like a fascinating case to see what he can bring. Cause if he's the same player he was last year, if he's even better, really helps out that third line of having just a proven kind of finisher because he's got a really good shot. I think he started last year. There was quite a few games where he just beat the goalie clean. Uh, he can be kind of a guy that can finish plays on a third line with a lot of puck possession like Coyle. Really important piece moving forward. It's just what exactly that that end result is going to be for him. It still seems really, really murky right now. Yeah, I, I'm with you on this. I don't I, I don't know what's next. I, I You know, I know that some have mentioned, oh, we, you know, what if he could jump into the top six? I don't really see that with it, the way he plays. Um, you know, again, Brad Martian, when he came into the, the league, no one thought he would be, you know, or people didn't really think he'd be a top six winger. And then he jumps into the top six and helps him win a cup. Like, uh, you know, again, former first round pick. Could he be that? Maybe. But just from what we've seen so far, I mean, again, there were times last year even that, you know, he was inconsistent 
with the physicality and um you know not uh being as uh, as as physical as he normally is um and you know he's also not going to be playing with Taylor Hall and you know you might be he might be playing with a not as great third line he might be having you know different guys consistently playing with him on that third line the other thing is like can he be a third line center right like we we mentioned other guys but like <laughs> can he slot in the middle and have success and potentially be a solid guy on that third line center role. But you have coil, you have others that just kind of seem to take precedent. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, Frederick's a weird one. Uh, you could almost make a case. He's the most interesting of the, of the Bruins forwards of just like, what are you going to get out of him? You know, what's his right. next step? Is he going to, is he going to, is he going to be around 17? Is he going to take a big step back? Is he going to, you know, get near 20 goals? Is he going to get near, you know, like 35, 40 points? Uh, you know, I don't know. And, and I think that's one of those things that's going to be really interesting this year to watch because there are times he's inconsistent, but when he's on and if he could be on all the time, the way he is when he's good, like that's a really solid piece in that lineup. And I'm also just fascinated to see what he gets, what he gets, you know, is he getting 2 million? Is he getting under it? Is he getting a little over how much term is on that deal? I mean, that's a hard, it's like, do you have, like, if you had to forecast that deal, I mean, what would even be the ballpark for you? Yeah, it, It's so tough, right? Because I think you look at probably from him and his camp, if it goes to arbitration, like an actual hearing, which again, Bruins don't want that to happen, right? You don't want to have a contentious thing where you have a third party you have to make a case of, hey, here's what we think you're paying you less because we think they're whatever, whatever the argument is, you don't want to hear that as a player, right? And again, it's, <laughs> Part of the business, but you'd rather not have it get to that, right? It's, it's like having someone that. spoil a TV show. You don't want to hear that. You don't you don't want to hear that if it was even true. You know, maybe I'm just lying. Um, but anyway, uh it, it's tough to kind of view what exactly because I'm sure from his camp, it's like, all right, one of the more productive five on five guys with limited ice time last year, adds physicality, has a valued skill set. You know, is he thinking he's getting like three million a year? The Bruins looking at all right, is one strong season, but we're not going to pay you as if it's going to be a, a thing that, um, that, you know, it's a start of this upward trajectory, which we're going to pay you if you continue to build off of it. So it can be any, like, it's one of those ones where is it 2 million? Is it 3 million? Like, it, I feel like there's a wide variance. I feel like we're going to be like, like whatever it's going to end up being, it's going to be this kind of wide variance as to how they kind of bridge the gap there. Cause again, as you said, he's such a tough player to, just project where he is and where he's going in the next year or two. Even if he does a bad job, he gets another two mil. So it's, it's his quote. It's his yes. quote. Yeah. He gets to the, the should sign mil. detective crash more. <laughs> they should Santa Claus, uh, you know, hopefully no AOL blast New York times ditching their sports section, bringing in AOL blast instead. So yes, um, genius move there. Uh, anyways, Connor, what can people look forward to from you over at boston.com uh, and the Boston globe? Yeah, we're gonna have it covered throughout this off season. Uh, again, we'll be on once we go on vacation. I'm sure something actually seismic will happen. So brace yourself for that. But even from the Grand Canyon to wherever I am, I'll keep you covered. Uh, any news breaks, uh, any other big developments with the Bruins this off season. So you can follow all of my stuff over at Boston.com. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Connor Ryan underscore ninety three. You'll be putting pizzas on ro- roofs. That's what you'll be yes, doing. Yes, exactly. Uh-huh. So uh, that, we're looking forward to the pictures on uh, on Twitter for that. By the way, threads, I've not been on there in days. I don't I don't, I don't know. I mean, was it a phase? Like, I don't know. Like, you know. again, it's just it's just my little lifeboat. So I have it there. I have it there if I have to pivot to it if need be. But otherwise, it's just just there if I need it. 
this yeah it's just there it's it's a nice little safety net uh anyways that's connor ryan evan marinovsky poke the bear listeners have a great rest of your week (laughs) 